0: guys, welcome to episode 52 of The Dad Presents, and Happy New Year. I'm excited for 2020. It's going to be a good year. So listen, today's a little bit different uh, for the first time ever. No guest and no bee. Uh, he's out with his family. So just got Jay Maddie today, so I'm just going to do a little bit something different today. We're just going to go deep into the bag of questions and uh, try to rattle some of them off. Okay, so I hope you enjoy the episode. And remember, if you have more questions... The Dad Presents. Please send them through Messenger at The Dad Presents. Follow us on Facebook at The Dad Presents. And please, if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud or anywhere else, shut it off. Go to iTunes. Please follow us and listen there. That'll help us make that money. Thanks, guys. Okay, so the first question I have today comes from Melissa in Pittsburgh. She says, there are some people who want to make porn illegal. I'm one of them. How do you feel about it? Okay, Melissa. Um it's a complex one, it's a tough one, it's a good question, and I, I know this is back in debate. And here's how I feel about it. Like, do we want government legislating sexuality? I don't think we do. I mean we we made we, we for a while gay marriage was not legal. Uh for a while black people couldn't marry white people. Um I I am of the general belief that I want the government out of my bedroom. Um So no, I don't want them making porn illegal. Now, I do understand that some bad comes from porn. I get that. You know, I'm no dummy. I I know kids get a hold of it at a young age. It's not good for their developing minds. I get it that some children end up in sex slavery making this child pornography stuff. There's a lot of bad things that come from porn. I get it. Um, Do I want my kids watching it? No, I don't. But a couple things. Number one. Are we going to make everything illegal that's bad for you? I mean, is that even possible? Should we outlaw sugar? Sugar's bad for you. Should we outlaw I don't know beef jerky? Um, you know, and, and how far do you take this? Should should we outlaw masturbation? If porn's illegal, should we outlaw masturbation? Um, and is it even possible to stop something that people want? I mean, haven't we already tried this and failed with the war on drugs? Drugs have been illegal for my whole lifetime how's that going for you right I mean it's not stopped drugs when there's a market for something it's going to come through and if you make it illegal all it does is opens up a new business opportunity for criminals I'm of the belief that we need to end the war on drugs I'm of the belief that we need to end the war on prostitution not because I'm pro prostitute or pro drugs but because I believe that the war against these things causes more damage than it does good Drugs are still coming through the country, but now they're coming through from uh, Mexican gangs and uh, inner city gangs. And with that comes a lot of violence. Put the drugs in the corner store, allow a doctor to give you a prescription to get them, and you remove the violent aspect of it. You take the power away from the criminals. Uh, Prostitution, same thing. Yeah, do some kids get caught up and uh, do we have uh, human slavery, human trafficking? Yeah, we do. It's a problem. But guess what? It's already illegal. It's not stopping it. Legalize it. Empower the women. Uh, regulate it to some degree by, by making sure these, these women are practicing safe sex. Uh, you know, Have certain places in the city where you can go to a brothel and, and get what you need, like you have in Amsterdam. Number one, we got a lot of angry men in this country who can't get laid, and angry young men who can't get laid lead to violent young men. It's not good for our society. We're not stopping it, so let's be smarter about it. Let's be logical. Take the the power away from the criminals who are who are, you know, enslaving women into into prostitution. You know, you got the, a, a pimp down on the corners, down on the corner with five prostitutes who. Don't really want to be doing it. They're forced into it. Put that pimp out of business. How, you know, how, about, how about we have McPussies, right? McPussies can put that pimp out of business. He's got, Mc, Mc, McPussies has 20 beautiful women. They're all clean. They're not on drugs. You go in, you're not going to catch a disease. The price is reasonable. You don't have to worry, you're going to get your throat slit. Guess what? Scary pimp on the corner, out of business, buddy. So uh, I'm getting off topic from porn, but it it all ties together. No, we should not make porn illegal. No, I don't think it does any good to make it illegal. No, I don't want my 12 and 13-year-old kids watching a lot of porn. Nor should you want that. But a couple things. Number one, you know, little boys are horny. There was no internet porn when I was a kid. Guess what? Still found it. My parents didn't want me looking at it. Guess what? Still found it. We had a place called The Pit. It was a literal garbage dump, a place where people would go and throw out their old mattresses and syringes and everything else, and there were five playboys under a couch at the bottom of the pit. That's where we'd go get our porn. We'd, we'd go in the pit, navigate our way through the rusty old springs and the, and the, uh, the syringes and every other infective thing down there. And we'd look at the porn because that's what boys do. Now, you know, my parents didn't want me doing that. And I had great parents. I had, I had great parents. And they taught me well, but they didn't teach me about things about sexuality. They just, they, they shamed the idea of sex before marriage because they were very Catholic and I don't hold that against them. That was just, that was what they believed. So they, they made sex a shameful thing. Still didn't stop me, right? I'm going to teach my kids. I've, I'm I, not going to. I already am. I've been teaching my kids about their sexuality since they were four years old. And we, I can have discussions about sexuality with them now at the ages of 11 and 7 that are more mature than I can have with most of my buddies. They understand it. They, they don't get giddy or embarrassed. And they don't get childish about it. So when it comes that time, when they are actually into the titties and the, and, the, and the butts and the vagina, guess what? I think they're going to be more prepared than most kids. Will they still look at porn on the internet? Most definitely. But they will go into it with some knowledge and I'll let them know, hey, you know, not the best idea for your young developing mind. Let's maybe try to keep it in check. So at least I can curb that inclination to become addicted to it. So I hope that answers your question, Melissa. I understand your fear. I get where you're coming from, but outlawing porn is not the way to go. Okay, next question. We got Dave in Michigan. Dave says, recently, a transgender man and a transgender woman had a baby. I don't think they should be allowed to have kids. It's not a stable home environment for children. How do you feel about this? Well, Dave, it's interesting you bring this up because if you listen to the last episode, we had Zoltan Istvan on. He ran; he's running for president against Donald Trump. Uh, probably not going to do much damage, but he's a fascinating guy, and uh, he's a transhumanist. And he he brought up one of the things on his platform is um, requiring licensing for parenting, and. I actually I wrote a, uh, a comedy book about parenting, but there's also some helpful advice in it. About ten years ago, when I had my kid, it's called "Daddy Versus the Suck Monster," and I had a chapter in there called License to Parent," and it it, it was tongue in cheek, but basically the premise of it was that you know, crackheads are out there, willy nilly throwing the dick around and impregnating one another and making more stupid little crackhead babies, while people who are educated, um, make a good living. And intelligent are producing less children, so the dummies are out fucking the intelligent, which is not necessarily the direction you want a society to go in. Now, should we be legislating this? This this ties in with the first question: Should we be legislating who can and who cannot have babies? Again, I don't think so, and I don't think it's possible unless you're going to go out there and and um, you know start making people physically unable to have babies and now you got an authoritarian type of government and that's fucking terrifying so i okay look how do i feel about a transgender man and a transgender woman raising a baby i think that the odds of them raising a healthy baby are less likely than your standard issue you know man and woman couple i think it's less likely they they raise a healthy baby because i think transgender people whether they're they're mentally unstable or they've dealt with some serious shit that has left them damaged they're just they're not as healthy and I, I that may sound um transphobic or whatever um i'm not transphobic i i know trans people there's trans people in my family they're good people but i think the the facts bear that out there's a lot of mental instability in the trans community and um mental instability doesn't lend itself well to raising healthy children. Does that mean we shouldn't allow them to? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that a transgender couple can't raise a perfectly wonderful child who grows, on, grows up to become president of the United States? No, it doesn't. Of course that could happen. So, so let them. My, you know, basically, mind your own business is what I'm saying. Let them do what they want to do. Um, now, we have things like child protective services. In theory, Child Protective Services is a good idea. Uh, A woman is a single mother, daddy's in jail, and she's a crackhead, and her children are getting abused. We got to rescue that child, right? It's a good idea in theory. But it gets abused like anything else with the government. So there's a fine line there. So do I want to start taking babies away from transgender couples? Fuck no, I don't. Let them do it like everybody else. If they do a good job, they do a good job. If they do a bad job, they raise a fucked up child like plenty of heterosexual couples out there raising fucked up children. If they start abusing the kid, well, then CPS has to get in there and snatch that kid up. It's pretty much that simple. Um, now, Now, as far as the terms we're using here, a transgender couple, what does that actually mean? You have a person with a uterus who had semen artificially implanted in her and it made a baby. This is no different than when for you know, the bride and I, we wanted to have a third baby, but we didn't want to run, run the risk of having another boy because uh, we already got two of them, and I don't want another boy. I love my boys, but I don't want another goddamn boy. So we did IVF, which means I go to, I go to the uh, doctor. He gives me some porn. Thank God it's not illegal yet. Uh, you go in the bathroom. There's nurses outside snickering. You work up a bone bone, and you poop poo into the cup. And then they take that, they separate the the male sperm and the female sperm, and they choose a female sperm and shoot it into my wife to make a baby. It was unsuccessful. Okay. That's no different than what happened here. A woman woman with a uterus who identifies as a man, okay? Look, I got no problem with that. Identify however you want. Call you a man, all that. She wanted a, he wanted a baby. I'll even use the correct pronouns. He wanted a baby, so he walked his uterus, he walked his uterus, it's a funny statement, but he walked his uterus to the doctor, and I don't know if his trans wife with the penis poot-pooted into the cup, or if he got someone else's poop poot not aware of the, the details of the situation, but they took the poop poot and they shot it up in his uterus and made a baby. And that's all there is to see. Is it weird? Yeah, it's fucking weird. And if we're going to try to pretend like that's not weird, well, you're just lying. It's fucking weird. But it is what it is. Maybe they're raised the greatest baby of all time. And we will, you know, call that baby future Mr. or Mrs. uh, President. Or maybe that baby will go on to become the Antichrist. Time will tell. But we're not going to stop them from having babies. All right. Question number three. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of dig answering these questions without B on the other end, yapping in my ear and giving you guys bad advice. Just kidding. B gives good advice. Okay. Question number three comes from Gary in Missouri. Gary says, my 16 year old son said offensive things to his girlfriend. He said, and I overheard him say, suck it, bitch. How would you handle this? I wanted to beat him. His mother got in the way. Here's what I'll say, Gary. No, no man should be talking to a woman like that and definitely no teenager. Uh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. I mean, if you're in the bedroom and you're getting into it and you're like, oh, oh suck it, bitch. You know, that's, that's bedroom talk. Okay. I'm assuming that's not what happened here. I'm assuming they had a fight and he said, suck it, bitch. Not acceptable. But here's the thing, Gary. By the time he's 16, it's probably too late. You've you've lost already. And that's why it's important to have these kind of conversations with your kid before he hits the age of sexuality. You got to teach your boys how to respect women. Um, you know, we in this house, we don't believe in bad words. My kid will say the F word in the house. Now, I don't let him say it outside the house, but, but we, we fuck around here. We have a good time. I'm like, buddy, I fucking love you. And you're like, daddy, I fucking love you too. And I'll be like, don't, you know, when, they're, when we're horsing around and having a good time and, and maybe we're, we're, we're rolling around wrestling and I kick his ass, I'll be like, you know, I'll call him a little pussy or something like that. You know, we have a good time. We're buddies. They don't take that outside of the house. And they never use that kind of language in a disrespectful way. And when they do disrespect their mother, when she asks them to do something and they don't do it or when they talk back to her, daddy gets up in their grill. Because I teach them to respect women and, and you've got to teach your kids to respect women. Now, 16, if you haven't done that already, maybe you have, maybe, maybe he just went off one time, whatever, but, but I'll I tell you right now, a 16-year-old would never do that when he's 16. That will not happen. It, it just won't happen. I won't, I won't have to know how to handle that because that will not happen. I've never talked that way to a woman and my kid won't either. So I guess this advice is more for everybody else with young children. Don't let that happen. Now, Gary, what do you do? Now, you're in a situation. Maybe you didn't teach him right when he was younger. Or maybe you tried, but, but it just didn't, didn't happen. So you got to correct that now. How do you correct that? Man, number one, you got to lead by example. I hope you treat his mother with respect. I hope you talk to her respectfully. Number two, you got to punish him. And you got to make it sting. Now, 16, you're not going to spank him. What can you do? I don't know. Does he drive? Take away the car. Uh, Is he into electronics? Take it away. Does he get an allowance? Take it away. You do something. Maybe, maybe you take away his access to women for a while. Maybe you don't let him go out of the house. Maybe you don't let him on social media. Uh, Maybe you make him sleep with the door open and don't let him whack it. That'll get a 16-year-old. Don't let him whack it. That's probably not realistic. But what I'm saying is you got to teach that boy a lesson. All right? Hope it helps. Next question, we got Kimberly in Austin. She says, "It seems we're headed to war with Iran. How do you feel? Now, okay, Kimberly, this one's going to get me in trouble. Um, I've been posting about this on Facebook, and I've lost I, I made one post about this on the Facebook group. you guys most of you guys follow us at the Dad presents on Facebook, and lost about four percent of our audience. Our audience there is about 60,000. So you do the math. Lost a lot of people. How do I feel about it? Well, as a citizen of America, I fucking hate it. As a human being, I fucking hate it. And as a parent, I fucking despise it. It's like we're not learning from our own past mistakes. Now, I posted about this and I said, you know, I do not support the idea with Iran. Basically, is what I said in so many words. I got called a pussy. I got called a faggot. I got called anti-American. I got called a traitor. I got called all kinds of names. Right? And to me... It's the same game plan as what happened in 2001 after 9-11, and then we went to war with Iraq in 2002. I was against that war. Why was I against that war? Because Iraq had nothing to do with it, and because I didn't see what there was to gain. And what do we find out years later? Well, they lied to us. There were no weapons of mass destruction. What else did we find out? Oh, a million people died. Were those a million people terrorists? Oh, no. Probably about 1% of them were, if that it cost us three trillion goddamn dollars and about 10,000 of our boys died. What did we get from it? Oh, I don't fucking know. We, we killed Saddam. We killed Saddam. And guess what? The Shiites took power because they were Saddam's enemy. Guess who just attacked us at the embassy that's leading to all this? The motherfucking Shiites. So for the last 20 years, what we did is we took out one leader only to have him replaced and now we're, we're fighting them, I guess. And somehow this is the Iranians' fault. Look, man, I don't, trust, I don't trust the government. I don't trust the media. I don't trust the FBI. They've lied too many times. They lied about Iraq. They, uh, they lied. Have you read the recent IG report? Everything they did to try to get Trump out? They, they lied. Um, I don't support Trump, but I, I'm saying the FBI, they lied. Uh, they lied about Afghanistan. The, the Afghanistan papers came out this year. Tells you everything they told us about Afghanistan? Fucking lies. They're fucking liars. And the media is complicit with it. So this general we killed, was he a bad dude? Yeah. Apparently he was a real bad dude. I don't mourn his death. Great. We got him. But um, is that going to lead to a war? Because if it is, then it was the wrong move. We don't. Here's some facts. They say our embassy was attacked. Um, What we have in Iraq is not an Embassy. An embassy is like a little building building that's like American American land over there. Likewise, other countries have embassies here and it means like you know American law does not apply. We don't have a little building. We have a fucking fortress. We have a fortress the size of the Vatican. Super reinforced, uh heavily armed. We have a fort on foreign land. We were attacked by the Shiites. Okay? Uh, did this general have something to do with it? I don't fucking know. They say he did. I don't believe him. They also lied about Gis- Assad gassing his people so that we could go to war with Assad. Luckily, we didn't. They also lied about Libya. Everything they've told us pretty much in the past 20 years have been lies. Did you, do you know about the Gulf of Tonkin going all the way back to Kennedy's days? Well, the 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 Secret Service, this, this, this is true. This is not conspiracy theory because you can go read declassified government papers that tell this. They wanted to shoot down an American plane with civilians in it over Cuba to initiate a war with Castro. That's a fact. Now, people who are capable of that are not to be trusted. Okay, And these are the same people year after year after year. The people who lied to us about, um, people who lied to us about weapons of mass destruction are the same people telling the story now. They've been wanting war with Iran for 20 years. They tried to get us in war last year because Iran shot down a drone. Luckily, Trump didn't fall for it. Give Trump credit there. They wanted a war before that. They wanted, they've been wanting war with Iran for 20 years, and it looks like they might finally get it. And no, I do not support that. And I don't support Trump if he decides to go forward with that. Um, I don't support the Democrats who are complicit in this. I don't support any of them. They're a bunch of liars. That's how I feel about it. Hope, that's, hope I don't lose too many of you after that. Call me a pussy. Call me anti-American. I don't believe we should send our boys to die simply to enrich. Here's what the war is about. Enriching the already rich. War. This war will go on for 30 fucking years. And companies like Raytheon and Boeing who have no-bid contracts with the government to produce weapons of war... We'll get rich, 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 just like Dick Cheney's company did after the Iraq war. They will get rich. We will get poor. Our taxes will go up. It'll go right into their pockets. Our boys will die. Brown people will die. So if that makes me anti-American, then, then call me anti-American. I'm a patriot. This is a bad idea. You'll see in 20 years if, if, if that's what actually happens. Here's what I would like to see. all uh, The people who actually do support this idea of war, uh, why, why, not, why not reinstitute the draft? If we're so pro-war in this country, we should be pro-draft, right? Right? But why, are we not, why don't we have a draft anymore? Because the government knows if there was a draft, there would be an out-and-out revolt against it. I would like to see the draft reinstated simply so we could stand up against these monsters and stop fighting these wars and tear this motherfucker down. If if people's kids start getting drafted to go fight a war over there that nobody really understands, then the American people will finally say, we've had enough. It's time to stop this shit. But guess what? It's time to stop this shit. All right. Enough of that. I I probably lost 25% of you. But whatever. You know, We've got a couple sponsors here, and we're making a little bit of money. But that's not what I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to to make money. I'm doing this uh, because it's a good goddamn time. I enjoy it. I like it. I like running my mouth, all right? All right, next question. Jake in Omaha. Jake says, I listened to your podcast where you talked about the dad masturbating his handicapped son and you were trying to justify it. B was not. My question for you is, are you seriously qualified to raise children? Should we send child protective services to your house? All right, all right, Jake, fair enough. Yes, there there was something in the news about a man who has a severely handicapped boy and he masturbates his son. And yes, I I I made some comments in support of this guy. Okay, but let's just rewind. First, I I didn't justify it. I was just trying to help you understand where this man may be coming from. I'm I'm being a um half glass full guy, okay? Um imagine if your son was so severely retarded and handicapped that he is a bed-bound vegetable that cannot even say hello to you. You have no ability to connect with this kid. You, you, you've given up your life to care for this boy because you love him, right? You, you've sacrificed so much. He costs a lot of money. He takes up all your time. Your social life is destroyed because this kid requires so much attention, and you do it because you love him. You watch this child get born. You've changed his clothes, and you sang him to sleep, and you bathed with him, and you fed him, and you changed his diapers, and you, you do exercises with him in the bed so that he doesn't cramp up and get bed sores. But you're not even sure. He's so handicapped, you're not even sure if he knows who you are. He may not even know the difference between you and a fucking rock. He's that handicapped, right? You're dying for some kind of connection with this kid. You love him. You're broke because of medical bills. And you're just desperate for some kind of connection with your son. You walk in one day, kid has a boner. Why does he have a boner? Because he's hit puberty and that's what the body does. You know, you, you know that part of him works. You know you can give your son a little pleasure and it, and it will be a relief to him. It's one way you can express how much you're willing to do for him. And it's one way you can have a positive effect on the outcome of his life. It's one way you can literally connect with your son. Now, would a better idea be to go get him a hooker? Yeah, but guess what? That's illegal. That's dangerous to do. Also, you're already broke from the medical bills for the last 15 years. So, you work it out for him. Now, no, I don't think this dad... Now, is it possible that this dad is a sicko? Yeah, that's possible. Maybe he's a sicko. I don't, know. I don't know the situation. I'm just expressing that the possibility that this guy may be an awesome dude. I don't want to jerk off my 15-year-old. Fuck, no, that's the last thing I want to do. Sorry, son, not happening, right? This guy is going above and beyond to establish a connection with his son because there's no other way for him to do it. And there's also no way his son can take care of his issue. Now, yes, I would suggest getting him a hooker. That'd be my first suggestion. But like I said, he might be broke. So all I'm saying is look, maybe look at the other side of it. Maybe this guy's a hero. Yes, maybe he's a creep. We don't know. Okay, so let's not judge. Okay, guys, we're going to try something a little bit different here. We're going to take a question about relationships, something we don't typically do and something I probably will suck at, but we're going to give it a go. Today's question comes from Mary in New Hampshire. Uh, she got it to me on Facebook messenger and she says, I met a guy at a bar and we had immediate chemistry. I could feel it all the way down to my toes. I like this guy a lot and I think he's husband material. I really want to sleep with him, but I don't want to damage the possibility of something long-term as a guy. What do you think about one night stands? Does it help or hinder a chance at a long-term relationship? So Mary, um, all I can do is tell you how this has played out in my own life. And then you got to make your own decisions because honestly, I don't know. But I know how it worked out for me. Now, when you go out and you meet somebody, there's few things more exciting than, you know, getting those schoolyard butterflies in your, in your stomach. And when that happens, like, of course, the first thing you want to do is jump into bed with that person because you're human. And I've had a lot of one night stands. I love one night stands. They're, they're, they're exhilarating. And I know some guys, they might slut shame a girl for giving it up on the first date. And I don't get that because like, dude, you were there too. I mean, are you a slut? Should this girl move on past you because you gave up the peen on the first date? I mean, that doesn't make much sense to me. But that said, as it worked out in my life, I didn't marry a girl who gave it up on the first date. So, so let me let me just tell you that story because it's kind of a cute story, and also it it applies to the question you're asking. I went out with a, a buddy to a bar, and this beautiful Filipina girl approaches me. There weren't like immediate butterflies or anything, but this girl was definitely one of the most beautiful girls I'd ever spoken to, if not the most beautiful. And I've spoken to like Miss Universe and that's the truth. But this girl dropped dead gorgeous. Like if she was even half as interesting as she was beautiful, I knew I could fall in love. So we go on a date and unfortunately she was not half as interesting as she was beautiful. Maybe not even 10%. I mean, I picked her up And she's wearing this sexy black top that teased a little bit of cleavage. You know, like the right amount of cleavage for a first date. Not too slutty, but showing a little bit. But as I walk her to the car, I notice that the tag is on the back of her shirt. Price tag's still on it. So she clearly purchased this shirt just for this date, which was pretty cute. But she also put it on Inside Out, which was also a little bit cute. But also maybe a tiny bit of a red flag for general life skills, you know. So we go out for sushi. Now, it turns out that this girl is lactose intolerant, but she also loves ice cream. Like, not in the way most people love ice cream, like, oh yeah, I love ice cream. I mean, she loves ice cream like the way a parent loves a child. So she doesn't tell me about the lactose intolerance ahead of time, but I mean, why would she? You know, you don't exactly list out your medical conditions on a first date. Like, I mean, like if I had like crabs or something, I'm not exactly volunteering that information at dinner. You know, you wait until it's absolutely necessary. By the way, no crabs. I've been crab free since at least 1996. Moving on. So anyway, we eat, we have ice cream, we start driving home. It's about a 30 minute drive and I'm disappointed because it wasn't a very good date. So I'm, basically in my head, I'm like, I'm going to drop her off and go about my life. But on the way home, she asked me to pull over at a bar. Now I think she wants to have a drink. So whatever, let's go in. But the reality of the situation is that she just needed to take a massive pooper at this bar because of the ice cream and lactose intolerance situation. So she goes to the bathroom. She poos. Now, of course, I don't know this at the time. And uh, she comes out, finish her drink. We're on our way. We get to her apartment and I walk her to the door. And my plan is, you know, I'm going to kiss her on the cheek, say goodbye, go home, have a little love sesh with myself, and then lights out. But... Would you like to come in for a drink, she asks. So now, Mary, this is where you can learn much about what you need to know about the psyche of a man. I didn't really want to go in. I was tired and I was disappointed in the date. But uh, my peen and my brain, they're not always on the same page like most guys. So when she said, you want to come in for a drink? I said, absolutely. So within minutes, we're in there. And we're making out. I don't even think we had a drink, to be honest. And it's nice. She's beautiful and soft and tender and lovely. And she kisses nicely. And my hands are wandering. And I'm getting excited. And, you know, shit, I'm getting getting excited in my own head just thinking about it. And I've been married to this woman for a decade. It was hot. So I'm on the boobs. I'm on the butt. And now, 10 minutes in, my left hand, which is my action hand, is going in for the victory. We're definitely going to have sex. and, And I'm super into it. Wait, she says, stopping my hand. And I'm like, what, what? Is everything okay? She says, I can't have sex with you tonight. So in my head, I think she's playing hard to get. She's not. I learned like a year later that the reason she didn't have sex with me that night is because of her lactose intolerance poo that she just had. And that was going to get in the way of our good time. I didn't know that at the time, and given that I'm all hot and steamy and worked up, whether she realizes it or not, she's got me hooked right now. So I call her two days later, and I ask her for a second date. I still wasn't into her, but I had to have date number two. Like, I'm not quitting now. Like, I got close with this super hottie. I can't quit. So on the second date, we're making out again. She still won't give it up. In the middle of that, she says, I'm not going to have sex with you for 30 days, but you can spend the night and cuddle what? I mean, I love cuddling, but I love it after sex. I've never shared a bed with a woman who I wanted to sleep with, but hadn't. and spent the entire night cuddling, but I, I, I did it. And it was great and also terrible. I mean, we made out in bed until she decided it was time to go to sleep. Then I spent the whole night wide awake, completely frustrated. Didn't sleep a wink Got up in the morning, she offered to make breakfast and I could not get out of there fast enough to go home and take care of my sexual frustration. But this 30-day thing, it had me, man. I'd never been told that before. This girl was beautiful. The second date was better and uh, I stuck with it. So I circled 30 days on the calendar and, and we went out a couple times a week up until that 30 days. And over the course of the time, I liked her better and better each time. You know, She really endeared herself to me. So by the 30th day, I show up to her apartment. Her sister opens the door to greet me. And now I'm friggin' determined right now. You know, I'm like, where is she? And the sister says, she's showering. And I I thank her and I start walking to the shower and I start undressing on my way to the shower. Undressing, walking down the hallway. By the time I got to the bathroom door, I'm buck naked. And I, I hear the sister behind me. She's like, what are you doing? And, um, I ignore her and I enter the bathroom, I get in the shower with my future wife and we do it. And it was awesome. It was like some of the best sex ever, you know, now in hindsight, 15 years later, the question becomes, did I, me too, my future wife? And I guess if she didn't like it, maybe there's a case for that. But she married me after all that. It was, you know, That moment was hot and sexy and nasty and uh, go fuck yourself. It was awesome. And we've been married for 12 years and I wouldn't trade her for another woman on the planet. And I'm 100% positive that if she slept with me on that first date or even the second, we wouldn't be married and our two kids wouldn't exist. So I mean, does sleeping together on a first date decrease the chances of a long-term relationship? I don't know, man. I would hope it doesn't. But from personal experience... I can say that making a man weight definitely increases those possibilities. I mean, I'm open-minded and modern and you know I think I think men or women can be just as sexually advanced and um, aggressive as men and there's nothing wrong with that, but we're still the products of our genetics and our life experiences, and our subconscious, and our biology, and men are biologically driven to women who seem like they would be good for procreation, good stable moms who are nurturers, that's just, its in our biology, we can't help it, just like the same way women are drawn to men who appear to be strong, who can, who can protect them, and protect the children, this is what's in our biology. So when a woman throws it around on the first date, I think that sets off some kind of alarms in a man's head that he probably isn't even aware of that this woman might be a little too wild and maybe maybe wild women aren't going to be the most stable moms. Now, is that fair? No, not fair. Is that even necessarily true? No, not even necessarily true, you can be a, a very, you can be a sexual powerhouse as a woman and be the best mom in the world. I'm just telling you what I think happens on a subconscious level due to our own biology, and uh, I don't know. I may have it wrong, but I hope that answers your question from a guy's point of view. Okay, Mary. So uh, this one's not exactly a question. This is from Tony in Indiana, and he says when are you going to get your pussy ass out of California and back to Pennsylvania? Lovely question, Tony. I get a lot of feedback from you guys on social media, kind of busting my balls about California. California is a special place, man. And, um, people have this preconceived idea that it's all like phony ass, uh, fake people out here trying to get famous and, just a bunch of fakesters and there is some of that there's no doubt there's some of that but there's 20 million people in the greater los angeles area there's a lot of great people out here and also california is friggin gigantic we got some of the best national parks in the world um you can get up this 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 is a real thing you can get up and you can go surfing and then you can jump in your car and before the end of the day you can be skiing you can do that in california it's the climate is so diverse it's a beautiful spot anyway uh, a little story about the diversity of california this just happened to me this week i had to see a patient in palmdale for those of you who don't know about palmdale it's about hour and a half two hours north of la i didn't know about palmdale i've never been up that way so i'm i'm going up in my my uh bmw not not trying to brag about my car. It's a shitty BMW. But the point is it's a BMW. It's not a truck, which will make more sense when you hear the rest of the story. So I get there and it's raining. It's one of like the three days a year that it rains. And the GPS decides to take me off the road and onto a dirt road. And now not for like 400 yards, but for seven miles, I'm on this rainy dirt road sliding all over the place thinking I'm going to die In Palmdale, of all places, potholes everywhere, just sliding all over this muddy road. And it finally brings me to this residence, um, but they have a locked gate around their property. So I have to get out of the car in the rain and walk uphill up this muddy path for close to half a mile. All the way up to the door, I knock on the patient's door. The patient opens the door. And what do I see? But two Friggin' wolves wolves not like german shepherds wolves and i'm like i'm like yo guy are those wolves and he's like oh yeah they're wolves uh but they're friendly wolves and i'm like uh can you please put the friendly wolves in the other room because i don't want to get my nuts chewed off you know uh and he's like yeah okay and he rolls his eyes at me like I'm, i'm being ridiculous so i go in I treat the guy, you know, the two friendly wolves in the other room scratching at the door the whole time. And, and dude, these were straight up wolves, like big fucking fangs hanging out wolves. It it was scary. So I'm talking to the guy, I'm I'm doing the training. I'm asking him about the wolves and it turns out he runs a wolf rescue. Now I had no idea. This was a thing. I don't know if you knew this was a thing. Like, like why the fuck are we rescuing the wolves in the first place? Like, Wolves eat people, dude. They, they kill and they eat people. They hunt them down in packs. They kill and eat them. In like the 1700s, wolves were the leading cause of death in London. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but it sounds true. And wolves kill people. They're bad news, man. So anyway, this guy's running a wolf rescue operation. And what he told me is that since Game of Thrones, I, have, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I hear it's pretty popular. And he said that since Game of Thrones has come out, People, because people are fucking stupid, people have been getting wolves for pets. And then when they get too big, they just let them loose in the streets. Downtown Los Angeles. They just let wolves run the streets because the wolves are too dangerous to keep in their house anymore. So let's just turn them loose on the the homeless folk and the the good citizen of L.A. So, you know, you'd be walking to Staples Center to uh, take your boy to see the Clippers and wow, wow. He gets nabbed by a fucking, by fucking white fang. So, brilliant people. Anyway, this guy runs a wolf shelter. So I'm like, oh, so you have more wolves? And he's like, oh yeah, there's about 15 of them running around outside. And I'm like, you mean the outside where I just walked uphill up a muddy path for a half mile to get here? And he's like, casually, he's like... Yeah, just flippantly like, yeah, like totally normal, totally normal for you have to go for a half a mile hike, an hour and a half outside of Los Angeles and uh, navigate your way through a pack of fucking wolves. So, you you know, think what you want about California, but we got diversity out here. We got wolf packs an hour and a half outside of Los Angeles and I survived that shit and I'm not going back to that guy's house. Fuck that guy. Fuck him and his wolves. So I'm, I'm checking out Instagram and Twitter and looking at some of these New Year's resolutions. And, you know, you know what's crazy is that Instagram model is a thing. You can make a living just by being pretty and being on Instagram. And I'm not hating against that. I love it. Good for these girls. But it cracks me up when they go on Instagram and they post some ridiculous, sexy picture in their underwear or a thong or a bikini and then they try to make it about spiritual something spiritual or inspirational it's like you're selling your titties why are you trying to act like this like 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 you're fucking tony robbins or something you're just you're selling your titties and that's fine we're buying i'm buying but don't try and make it like it's something it's not And then the worst is when they get on there and they're like, beauty is what's on the inside. Like, okay, yeah, that's why you're making six figures on Instagram because you're so beautiful on the inside. I mean, come on. Who are you fooling? Just post the titties. Post the ass. Be proud of it. Be who you are, you know? You don't got to try to play. You're not fooling anybody. Anyway. Whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off topic. That's going to do it for the show. It's been about 45 minutes, but uh, don't tune out. We got the sponsors to uh, play out. Um, yeah, I put the sponsors at the end of the show. It's because they don't pay very much, man. Sponsors, pay me more. I love what you're doing, and uh, I'll put you up at the front of the show. But uh, right now, you just pay me a little bit so you get the back end. You get the ass end. Up your game. Guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, come back in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye-bye. Excited to tell you we got our second sponsor. That's right. We're growing. We're getting bigger. And this one I'm excited to tell you about. I use it. It's called Manscaped. Now listen, gentlemen, we all love when our ladies, you know, stay groomed down there. Keep Keep it trim, maybe even go all the way to the skin. Keep it nice and fresh down there for us. Makes for a more pleasurable bedroom experience, you know? But listen, your ladies... They enjoy they enjoy the same stuff, you know. They want you to be trim and tight and and groomed. They don't want no sloppy ass hairy Sasquatch getting in the bed with them, you know, brushing up against their soft skin with their with their coarse man parts. So go to manscaped.com, get the tool. Take care of yourself. Take care of your lady. Yo B, what's happening? You, you notice how chill and sexy i'm looking right now uh no comment on that well you, you, know, you notice don't pretend you didn't notice mm, quite the opposite <laughs> but what are you getting at you want to know why i'm looking so chill and please, so sexy right now please stop talking and just tell me what what you're <laughs> it's me undies i'm feeling good i'm wearing me undies i feel good and when you feel good you look good are we really talking about your underwear right now you're talking about my underwear i don't want to talk about your me undies are the best underwear you can get out there and our listeners we got a code for you if you want some me undies if you want to feel fresh if you want to look good Go to MeUndies.com, use the code word by 20 for 20% off. That's a bargain at any price. So you, you said these are the best underwear you can get? Look at me right now. I don't want to. Look at me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Go to MeUndies, <laughs> do what he said with the code, get them. They're great underwear. That's all I'm going to say about it. My nuts are so tight. I, I, you took it too far.